messing around with the songs I think I'm doing next week. <laughs> Since I'll be by myself and won't have practiced all week. <laughs> your life, I guess. I mean, it would be funny no matter what. <laughs> it's extra funny if it was about me. Okay. Poor Mrs. So and so. <laughs> song is the when Jesus went to Jordan stream but I feel like we could probably jam on it songs are really easy. <laughs> so we'll have time.
like all cleaned up and out of here by 7. Oh, okay. creatures. It's a guarantee. 
idea. I fell down my stairs a few weeks ago. I think I messed up my shoulder. <laughs> I'm not doing anything about it until after Hawaii. So we'll see what it feels like then. But don't go down those wood stairs in socks. There's some weird, really slippery spot. <laughs> it sucks. Okay, here it goes. Well, maybe let's try an instrumental, should we? beginning. Jesus went to Jordan Stream, his father's will obeying, and was baptized by John there came, a voice from heaven saying, this is my dear beloved son, upon whom rests my Bend or waver. 
Should we just keep going to the verses, or do yeah, you want an instrumental? Take one second. I feel like I could do something better at the end there. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what I just did. <laughs> Let's go from the triune. The triune God is thus made known in Christ as love unending. He taught, he healed, he raised the dead. Yet in his great endeavor to save us is <laughs> <laughs> this one's getting me today. <laughs> we just, just do random chords. Uh, you get to pick whatever three chords you want to play. And then run that D together. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. All right. We're going to go from now. How about he taught, he healed? <laughs> yeah? Uh, Bottom of that first page. He taught, he healed, he raised the dead, yet in his great endeavor to save us his own blood was shed, but death could hold him never. He rose and lives forever. He came by water to heal our lost condition. He cleanses, reconciles to God, and gives the great commission. Then let us not heed worldly lies, nor rest upon his merit. Our merit. <laughs> we can rest on his merit. But trust in Christ who will baptize with water and the Spirit that we may life inherit. Do you want another instrumental?
played the B. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty. like we could do one verse of this and be fine. <laughs> of this is my father's world, one verse. Then do you, then we could look at the operatory. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, which one? I think we'll, I'll try to do it as a crescendo. Okay. So let's just do the last verse, I guess. Because I'll probably, maybe I'll just come in on the first Sure. Do you want to just run it? No, it's okay. I think we, should, right. we can just keep going. All right. This is my father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the satisfied and earth and heaven be one. I need another temp here actually. What? There's the chorus. <laughs> at the, starting at the chorus? Yeah. This is my father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who... do the Jesus who died. That tag is kind of nice. Yeah. We should do it. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and earth and heaven be one. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. We should do that.
extra song behind. Try to play a really complicated Bach piece or something, and just yeah. This is Bach's concerto. Yeah. Let's check one more time to see if I've got my tune in.
should probably practice um, not right now, but I'll send out an email. We should probably do this on um, not the 10th, but the 17th with yeah. me and you and Bethany. Because I'll be gone the 24th.
creatures of our God and King. Lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, alleluia. The burning sun with golden beam. The silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise him. Oh, praise him. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Thou rushing wind that art so strong, ye clouds that sail in heaven along, oh, praise him, alleluia. Praise, rejoice! Ye lights of evening, find a voice. Oh, praise Him! Oh, praise Him! Hallelujah! 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 Let all things their Creator bless. And worship him in humbleness. Oh, praise him. Hallelujah. Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son. And praise the Spirit, three in one. Oh, praise him. Oh, praise him. Blessed be God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the summary of the law. Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Have mercy.
Lord be with you. And with Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people, and in our time grant us peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to invite our children ages 3 to 9 to come forward. We want to pray for you and bless you as you head out to the Children's Liturgy of the Word. And as you go, we want to remind you and ourselves that you are a part of our community and of Christ's body. And so we're not sending you out because you somehow aren't a part of what we're doing or that you can't be communicated to by Jesus, but we want you to have a special time and place where everything's down at your eye level where you can hear the words of Jesus speaking to you about comfort and love and trust. And our prayer for you as you go is that you will always trust Jesus and his goodness for you. So let's pray as we go. Father, your son has taught us that we can pray to you as our father. And he commanded us to let little children come unto him and to become like little children ourselves that we might enter his kingdom. And so we ask now as our children go forth that they would hear the voice of your son speaking to them in your word. That they would be given the gift of faith to trust his goodness and your love for them all the days of their lives. We ask this in the name of Christ. And we ask a blessing upon them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may go forth. The word of God is source and seed. It comes to die and sprout and grow. So make your dark earth welcome warm. Deep root the grain God meant to sow. reading from the book of Jeremiah. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over the nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord.
reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Since you are eager for spiritual gifts, strive to excel in them for building up the church. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray for the power to interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive. What should I do then? I will pray with the spirit, but I will pray with the mind also. I will sing praise with the spirit, but I will sing praise with the mind also. Otherwise, if you say a blessing with the spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say the amen to your thanksgiving, since the outsider does not know what you are saying? For you may give thanks well enough, but the other person is not built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, do not be children in your thinking. Rather, be infants in evil, but in, but in thinking, be adults. The word of the Lord.
seated. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. There are numerous instances in the show Seinfeld where George Costanza, the insecure, self-described, short, stocky, bald man who on again, off again lives with his parents, portrays for us a wonderfully Christian attitude. There are just as many times where he displays a very anti-Christian attitude, but in the classic Seinfeld episode, The Soup Nazi, I'm, I'm realizing that my references are getting older and older, but you over 40 crowd, you're, you're feeling me. There's this great B story in that episode running about George getting really, really annoyed with Jerry and his girlfriend for their soppy expression. Schmoopy! Remember? And George is getting so aggravated, and yet no one will confront Jerry, even though supposedly everybody else feels the same way. And Jerry starts to pick up on George's annoyance, and at one point, when Jerry and Elaine are alone, Jerry asks Elaine about it. Hey, have you noticed George acting a little strangely lately? No, in what way? I don't know, a lot of attitude, like he's better than me or something. Elaine says, I don't think George has ever thought he's better than anybody. <laughs> Man, come on. <laughs> In this sense, I think George actually displays for us what it means to be a Christian. And yet how easy it is for us to sleep in, slip into thinking that we are better than the people around us, that we are the enlightened few, as if somehow our enlightenment was due to our own superior intellect or our hard work or our lovability. In both our New Testament epistle and our gospel lesson this evening, we should place ourselves under the critique of Christ and his servant, St. Paul, in the case of the gospel lesson, Jesus is dealing with people who think that their ethnicity as Jews and their observance of the law of Moses will save them. That it is because of them that the Messiah will one day arrive in their midst to bring about their vindication because they've earned it. In the case of Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, he's writing to a group of people who have become drunk with ecstatic spiritual experiences, and they have started to assume that these emanations of the Spirit have to do with them, their abilities, their specialness. And they've begun using the very gifts that should be used for building up those around them as wrecking balls, tearing down others, and elevating themselves. The human proclivity for figuring out what is valued in a certain group and then producing as much of that valued thing as possible is astounding. It transcends time, culture, religion, almost everything. This is essentially what reality TV is about, right? Setting up an artificial goal and then seeing just how much people are willing to fight other people to achieve that goal. C.S. Lewis sort of gets at this in an overlap in his talk that he describes as the danger of the inner ring. 
He says this desire evokes in us such, such strong feelings that whatever it may be isn't necessarily an evil thing, and yet the desire for it is dangerous. Because we so want, in his essays, to be liked, is to be part of this inner crowd. But whatever it is, we have a way of summing up what is the value system and how do we go about getting it. And it's that desire that can be dangerous, not necessarily the things themselves. Here's a more obvious example. If you were in a university fraternity, what would most likely be the thing for you to accomplish in order to be elevated? Currently, or at least until maybe last year, I think this is starting to change, it's drink a lot and sleep around. Here's a more subtle one. When I was in the reformed world, the need to feel like a dirty dog sinner, a worm, a wretch, is so strong in that theological system that the meaner and harder I preached at people, the more they loved me. Oh, pastor, I just really needed to hear that today. Really? Not that we shouldn't be called to repentance, obviously. In more liturgical settings like ours, I think it can go one of two directions, seemingly opposites. There can be grand gestures of piety, or we can come in dead-eyed and just go through the motions because that's the only thing that matters. We don't actually have to feel anything. And we have, we've gamed the system. We've figured out what's valuable and how do I accomplish it. But if we can hear St. Paul this evening, I think he's trying to point out to us that often it's in our moments of spiritual fervor that the deadliest of sins sneaks in. Pride. Our vanity and our thirst for glory, to be noticed, to be important, can warp even the practices of the church into self-serving ends. This is why the desert fathers, the monastics who fled the trappings of a church getting swollen on earthly wealth and power, prayed so much for apathy. Not that they wanted to be slothful, they were very aware of that noonday demon, but they recognized that their passions, their desires, even for good things, were so prone to misfiring that they needed to reach a place of contentment such that a desire for God could get clarity. So that the seeds of desire for righteousness and purity wouldn't get choked out by the weeds of spiritual pride. One of the easy tells of spiritual pride is when we start reacting like Jesus' neighbors in our gospel lesson this evening. He reminds them of the times when God sent prophets to heal and provide for not the many covenant chosen who could have used healing and provision, but for Gentiles, pagans, sometimes even their own oppressors. And what Jesus is doing is he's signaling to them that his own ministry will be one of profligate inclusion that spills beyond ethnic boundaries, and they lose their minds because they don't want those people included because they haven't done anything to deserve the Messiah. We live in a polarizing time. And the pressure to move toward extreme polarities is incredible. And these extreme polarities often are nothing more than variations of this same spiritual pride. 
It's happening in our politics, our social conversations, and it's happening all over in the church. On the one hand, there are pastors and churches that, through very well-intentioned but very misguided desires to love, whatever that could mean anymore in our culture, have tried to keep pace with a culture that is increasingly sexually confused, greedy, and self-destructive. And in so doing, these churches have not only ceased to speak truthfully about what it means to be human, and to have a body, but in the process, they often have become swollen with a rather bizarre form of spiritual pride, looking down their noses at the hate-filled, frozen, chosen fundamentalists. They're not welcome. On the other hand, there are those frozen, chosen fundamentalists who are so locked in ideological battle for the truth that they fail to consider the imago Dei in their interlocutors. They're no longer treating other people that they disagree with like human beings, and they basically act as a mirror for the very people that they're arguing against of mostly prejudicial condescension. Oh, but then there's us, Anglicans, who pride ourselves on seeing all sides. We are, after all, the via media, aren't we? Oh, those poor dolts on the left and right of us, if only they could share our enlightenment. <laughs> In each case, what are we doing? Where have we turned our attention? We're like the Pharisee in Jesus' parable who in the middle of his prayer all of a sudden is no longer actually talking to God. He's talking to himself about his neighbor, the tax collector. And we begin to judge how we're doing compared to everybody else. This is how Seinfeld works, by the way. George is always doing worse than everybody else. That's why they hang out with him. As we prepare to enter the season of Lent, we must do so with our attentiveness directed toward God, not to our own ascetic practices or those of our neighbor. Asceticism is an important and necessary part of the Christian life. It is part of the ladder of divine ascent by which the passions of our hearts are mortified so that we may be purified by the Spirit and see God. Right? The pure in heart will see God. But when we engage in ascetic practices with spiritual pride, with comparison toward others, we're no longer climbing the ladder of divine ascent. We're just on the monkey bars going from A to B. We're no longer going from earth to heaven. The practice of repentance, then, which is a very Lenten thing to practice, is to form a habit of turning away from self-satisfaction from chasing spiritual experiences and from assuming that we somehow earned our spot here and instead turning our attention toward the transcendent holiness of God. It may seem counterintuitive, but it is when we begin to live our lives primarily in the context of Christ, his glory, his judgment, his mercy, that is when we can begin to build up the church as Paul instructs the Corinthians. Because that is when we will have ceased to view our fellow Christians as projects. 
We will cease to strive for power and influence. In a phrase, we will cease to strive to fashion the church in our own image and will instead seek to serve as Christ served and to be holy as Christ was holy and to love as Christ loved and to be fashioned into his body. Not our own version of it. Striving to build up the church must always be done with the recognition that what is being built up is Christ's body, of which he is king and head. What is being built is Catholicity, fullness, universality, not just in time and space, though there is that, but the wholeness of Christ himself, which means that we cannot be content with silos that seek to build the church with narrowness, fetishizing certain aspects and expressions of the fullness of the truth that the church has always been meant to proclaim until Christ comes again. We can't settle for just parts of it. It has to be the whole thing. The church exists to declare the mind of God to the world. It's important to recognize that for St. Paul, this work of building up the church by using the gifts of the Spirit for the edification of others is deeply connected to how we use our bodies, our wealth, and our positions within the social hierarchy. Go back and read the rest of 1 Corinthians, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Paul's essential point is you can't truly seek to be fashioned into Christ's body to building up his church according to his design if you are using your body and the bodies of others with sexual immorality. Or if you are using your wealth to further your own greed, especially at the expense of others. Or if you are using your social capital to benefit yourself at the expense of others. I mean, I think this is the essential point of 1 Corinthians, right? That Paul can go from reprimanding the church for their greed and lust and all kinds of evil to talking about spiritual gifts that are meant to build up the church and then going from there to talking about the Lord's Supper because one of the radical aspects of the Eucharist, the sacrament through which we continue to be fashioned into the one body, is that the only uniting factor for eating together at this table is our baptism into Christ. That's it. You don't have to make a certain amount of money. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to be part of a certain social class. The identity marker becomes Christ, and it supersedes all other identities that we have crafted for ourselves through our own efforts. We are to come to this table immersed in him, in the very life of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we have to remember that immersion doesn't cease when we walk back out into the world. As we head out, we must continue to be infants when it comes to evil and fully mature in our thinking. And as we do so, it's my prayer that all that we say and all that we do and all that we speak to speaks of the fullness of Christ in our world in such a way that as Paul goes on to tell the Corinthians in this letter, that the unbelievers in our midst will bow down before God and worship him, declaring, 
God is truly in your midst. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. you to stand as you're able as we confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. We believe him will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let us pray for the church and for the world, saying, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the peace of the whole world and for the well-being and unity of the people of God, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For Foley Beach, our archbishop, and Ken Ross, our bishop, and for all the clergy and people of our diocese, and for this congregation, let us pray to the Lord. 
word in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For all those who proclaim the gospel at home and abroad, and for all who teach and disciple others, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For our brothers and sisters in Christ who are persecuted for their faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For our nation, for those in authority, and for all in public service, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For all those who are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For all those who departed this life in the certain hope of the resurrection, in thanksgiving, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, grant these our prayers for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate, who lives with you, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, both now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, mercy upon us, forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who sincerely repent and with true faith turn to him, have mercy upon you pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I invite you to stand as forgiven people and hear the word of God to all who truly turn to him. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Greet one another in the Lord.
Welcome to All Souls Anglican Church. Uh, I'm Father Stephen. If we have not met before, I would love to meet you following the service. Um, we do most of our communicating by email here, so if you're curious about what goes on week to week, you can sign up for our newsletter online. I do have just a few announcements for you. The first is, that first announcement is wrong. Uh, our midweek prayer schedule is on hiatus this week, uh, as I and several others from the parish are traveling to our diocesan synod early tomorrow morning. Uh, so please pray for us as there's snow scheduled. Hopefully we'll make our flights um, and have a good time with uh, all the folks from all the churches uh, in our diocese. So that one's uh, off this week. We'll start that back next week. Uh, speaking of next week, currently for next Sunday, we have no nursery volunteers scheduled. If you're part of that team and you've been kind of on the fence and you think, yeah, I can go ahead and jump back in there. Uh, please be sure to let Louie know uh, as soon as you can. Otherwise, uh, we'll just have a bit more of a feisty uh, liturgy, which is fine. We've done that a lot around here, so no worries. Um, please don't not come uh, if you have kids that are normally in the nursery just because we might not have nursery next week. It's going to be great no matter what. Um, also, we're going to have uh, adult catechesis starting up. Details are still forming, but we're going to have two different... Uh, sections of the same class, okay? So the same material is going to be taught at two different locations at different times. The first one is going to begin toward the end of February on the east side, and the other one will be uh, sometime in March on the west side. So we're going to have details uh, coming out about that soon. Ben Myers' book is really good, so go grab it. I stand corrected. I've never been wrong before my whole life. It feels really strange <laughs> to be wrong, finally. Um, Finally, I do just want to say uh, a thank you and welcome to Father Nathaniel Kidd. Father Nathaniel is planting uh, with our diocese in Bellingham, Washington. He's flying out with us to Synod tomorrow, and he's also going to be filling in for me later this month. So he's here to, to sort of see how we do things and get the lay of the land. So please uh, welcome him after the service. All right, if you're worshiping with us for the first time this evening, we invite all baptized Christians to come and feast with us at Christ's table. You'll notice folks beginning to filter up toward the front. You'll come and kneel at the altar rail. If you're prepared to receive, you can receive directly on the tongue or in the hand. If you prefer not to receive or are unprepared to receive, we'd love it if you still came forward and received a blessing. You'll place your arms like this as the indication for me. All right? We're going to continue on in worship now as we give of our tithes and offerings to the Lord. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. All things come from you, O Lord, and of your own have we given you.
Lord be with you. With your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right, our duty and our joy, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Because in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had sinned against you and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent your only Son into the world for our salvation. By the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. In obedience to your will, he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once for all, that by his suffering and death we might be saved. By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. As our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory, that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, and we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit, 
to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Sanctify us also, that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and be made one body with him, so that he may dwell in us and we in him, and bring us with all your saints into the fullness of your heavenly kingdom, where we shall see our Lord face to face. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your abundant and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, who always delights in showing mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb.
Jesus went to Jordan's stream, his father's will obeying, and was baptized by John there came, a voice from heaven saying, this is my dear beloved son, upon whom rests my favor, until God's will is fully done, he will not bend or waver, for he is Christ the
Will you please stand with us as we sing? This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's world. I rest me feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out into the world to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. All our problems we send to the cross of Christ. All our difficulties we send to the cross of Christ. All the devil's works we send to the cross of Christ. All our hopes we set on the risen Christ. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always.
Boop.